welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram at Exchange Houston. The following message is from our lead pastor, Jared Brooks. Well, we are in the middle of, uh, we started last week, so we're going to continue this week, the seven uh, Hebrew words for praise, okay? So this is important. We come in here and we sing this morning. You just heard them kind of give definitions on how to praise, how to clap, what beat to clap on, and, and how to move appropriately. I, I was talking to a, a, a good friend of mine about church, and uh, he made the comment, said, I'm not real sure what to do with my hands during worship. That's pretty common, you know, Uh, people who come into church who haven't been raised in church, who haven't been around church a whole lot, they come in, they see all these weird people in the front clapping and doing all this stuff, and they're like, I'm not real sure what that means. Well, we're going to talk about it today. We're going to kind of continue praise. So if you would, would you stand with me? We're going to read a verse that that Pastor Kevin uh, brought to our attention last week. This is... Psalm 102, chapter, or, or chapter 102, verse 18. It says, This will be written for the generations to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Now, it says, This is written for generations to come. One version says, For future generations. Okay? That's us. That's us. Okay? This is talking about us. So we're going to skip over to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but you are a what? Chosen. chosen generation. You are a chosen generation. He picked you. Okay? He picked you. He chose to have you born th- at this time from whatever family you came uh, into this world through. And he chose you. You're a chosen generation. And then it says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that your hand be upon this service, God. Help us to have just a fresh revelation of what it is to honor you in our praise, God. What it is to honor you as we worship, as we lift up holy hands to you, God. As we proclaim your goodness, as we shout your name, God. Lord, I pray that you just reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. Right here, it is very plain that we're the generation that God created that he says, they're going to worship me. They were created to worship me. That's our sole purpose. We were created for fellowship with God and to worship God. And a lot of people don't understand that. When we come into church, uh, when I was a little kid, they called it song service. Y'all remember that? Did y'all ever go to church that they did that? The song service. And that was the song part of the service. And uh, they open up. I remember being at church where they would sing a song and then they would ask for a request. Anybody got a song they want? Has anybody ever been to one of those churches? They would, they would say, does anybody have a song they want to sing? And everybody kind of flips through. I would say 255 because 255 was, I don't know, I'll fly away. Okay? Because I like singing I'll fly away because I would sing all those taglines. I'll fly away. Oh. I'll fly away in the morning when I die. You know, I, 
And then, or the, the song, There's Power in the Blood. Y'all ever seen that one? I like to see how fast I could say it. So everybody else is saying, There is power, power, one working power in the blood of the Lamb. Yes. Except I would sing, There is power, 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 one working power in the blood of the Lamb. And I'd get all my friends, I'm like, Come on, there is power, 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 one working power. And it was song service, song service. I didn't realize that it was worship. I thought it was song service. We sing songs, and that's what you do. That helps the offerings. Because right after song service, you take up offering. So you get everybody up so that they can reach into their wallets. And so that's what I thought song service was for. It made sense to me. But as you grow and mature, you realize that it's worship. This is worship. Okay, worshiping God prepares the way uh, for, for him to be able to speak to our hearts. Um, I used to always tell our Bible school that worship is the only part of the service that is for him, not for you. you think about that. Because, you know, this message that I'm about to, to give to you, it's not for him. <laughs> He's heard it. Okay, he wrote it. Uh, but the worship part, it's for him. It's where we come and we honor him, we praise him, but we have to know how to praise him. So, so Pastor Kevin, last week, he, he brought us in. We started talking about these seven Hebrew words for praise. The first word that he, he mentioned last week was halal. Okay, you remember that one? Anybody remember what it means? To, with overwhelming excitement, to celebrate, to rave, to be clamorously foolish. Okay, that's a fun word. Okay, halal, to be clamorously foolish. See, we come into church and we get all weird. And when I say weird, I mean like we're not us. We'll talk about that later. The second word is yada, okay? Yada, yada means to extend the hands, to throw out the hands. It's to worship God with extended hands, okay? So those are what we talked about last week. So when people come into church and they go, I don't understand why people lift their hands. It's okay. You don't, it, it's okay to not understand why, but that's what this, this message is about. In the Bible, it tells us how the, all the different kinds of praises, and, and there's types of praises where you lift your hands in praise. There's types of praises where you shout and you clap and you jump and you, you act clamorously foolish. And there's other types of praises. We're going to talk about that. So the third Hebrew word for praise this morning is barak. Everybody say barak. barak. The word barak means to uh, kneel or bow before the Lord. It's an act of humility. It's an expression of our devotion to the Heavenly Father. Have you ever come into a church service or come into a prayer meeting and saw someone kneeling down? Uh, that's that Barak worship, okay? Okay, it's, it's the worship where you kneel down and you honor. This word is mentioned 330 times in Scripture. Abraham, Ezekiel, Daniel, Moses, and many others were recorded as they worshiped God. They laid down before the Lord. They knelt down before the Lord. If you ever see someone doing that in a service, that's what they're doing. And give, let me give you some examples. Psalm 100, verse number 4. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and barak his name. Okay? Kneel down, bow down, and honor his name. Psalms 95, verse 6, it says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us barak 
before the Lord, our maker. Let us kneel down before the Lord. Let us honor him. Honor him. Let me, let me say this today. There is a time in, in, in worship to God where Barak is appropriate form of worship. You know, when you just don't know what else to... Have you ever been in one of those services where the presence of God is just so overwhelming... And it just, something comes over you and you, you just feel this urge and all you can do is kneel down. All you can do is just get on your knees. I've been in, in many, many services where I was leading worship on stage and the power of God is just so strong. I would just kneel down with my guitar in my hand and that's all I could do because at, at that point, lifting my hands didn't seem like enough for me. At that point, just shouting didn't seem like enough for me, but I needed to bow down before God. I mean, we bow down before kings all over this world. We, we bow down before celebrities and all kinds of things. We, we honor them. When it comes to God, there's a time and there's a place for it. There's a, the Greek word for worship in the New Testament is proskunio. Proskunio, okay? And it's, it's a word that, that comes from our English word prostrate, okay? To lay, to lay down, kneeling, bowing, falling, to lay prostrate in worship before the Lord. That's what this is talking about. Exodus 34, verse number 8. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth, and he worshiped. Ephesians 3, 14 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. One of the greatest demonstrations, one of the greatest ways that we can pay homage to God is to kneel down before him. And there is appropriate times that that's all right. And in this church, during worship, at any moment, if you ever feel the presence of God and you feel that need that you need to bow down before God, you have permission to do that here. Okay? We want you to have the freedom <coughs> to honor and to worship God however you feel, however you feel led. One of the best examples of this here is found in, in the book of Job. Job has lost everything. Everything. And the Bible says in Job chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. Okay, now you gotta remember, let me let me stop here. You gotta remember at this point, Job, he's he he is he is the salvation for his family, okay? The Bible says his kids would they would go and party it up and live their life. And Job, he would go make sacrifices and he would he would make sacrifices on behalf of his family. He loved his family, honored his family, and one by one they die. He loses everything, his his livestock, everything in, in his life just begins to go one by one. And so at this point, he's lost everything. And it says he fell to the ground and he worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's room and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Barak be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Job knelt before God after losing everything in his life, and he gave praise to Jesus Christ. He gave praise to God himself because he recognized that everything he had was God's. 
Everything that, that he had accumulated and acquired in his lifetime was God's. And so at this moment, all he could do was worship God. Isn't that powerful? And he laid down. He laid his face to the ground and he worshiped God. There's times in our life as we worship that that's the only thing that works. Amen? The fourth word. The fourth word. Zamar. Everybody say Zamar. Zamar sounds like a character on Lion King, right? Mufasa and Zamar. Every time you say that name. Zamar means to touch or to strike the strings under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Under inspiration of the Spirit of God. You know what that means? Let me translate it. Guitar solos. Okay? Zamar worship. That's in the Bible. Zamar is in the Bible, and it means to strike the strings. Okay? Now, back then, it was a lot of this, but now we've, we've reinvented, and it's this. Guitar solos are of God. I tell Pastor Eddie that all the time. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more guitar solos. Okay? More drum solos. Rigo, we need you on the drums. I need some drums. I need the band to stop, and I need the drummer to go nasty. That's Zamar worship. That's Zamar praise. That's in the Bible. To strike the strings, to jam, to run up and down that neck. Eddie Van Halen knew Zamar. Did I just say that? Back up. This word used 41 times in the Bible. Music is a powerful, powerful tool to draw people in the presence of God. Do you know that? Music has the power to do some crazy things. Music can set people free. You believe it? You, you've come into service before, and, and maybe, maybe I'm talking, preaching to the choir. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I've come into service before. Not feeling at all like I wanted to be at church. Not feeling at all like I wanted to, was in the mood to do anything. In fact, as soon as they said, would you stand and worship with me? I went. So you stand because everybody's standing. And all of a sudden, in the next 5, 10, 15 minutes, things change. Your perception changed. In the Bible, in 1 Samuel, there's a story. And it's talking about... King Saul, okay? King Saul is tormented with these spirits. And, and he just becomes angry. He becomes a violent man. He's tormented with these spirits. And, and he's losing his mind. And he's literally losing his mind. And the Bible says that they would call in David. This is before David is king. David was still a young man. He was still learning. He was best friends with the king's son. He was best friends with Jonathan and and, and Saul was starting to turn a little bit on David, okay? Saul was starting to become a little bit jealous with David. And, and, and the Bible says that these spirits were starting to torment Saul, these evil spirits. And he would become so angry and mad and violent. And the Bible says that they would call in little David. And David would come in with his harp. And he didn't sing. The Bible says he just began to play. And as soon as he began to play, the Bible said the spirits would leave Saul, King Saul. And he was relaxed, and he began to focus, and he became himself again. 
There is a powerful, powerful statement that comes when we play our instruments to the Lord. Okay, when you play your instruments to the Lord, there is a powerful statement of worship. And and that music can literally set people free. Isn't that awesome? That Zamar worship can set people free. It's not always just about the lyrics. It's about the music. And, and, And the band should say amen. Okay, the man, you, I mean, to you, I think Jay said it a few weeks ago. Jay said he focused, music moves him. He's a musician. Music moves him. And he said sometimes he needs to focus on the words. And that's true. But the music also can set you free. Zamar worship. David was anointed to do that. and, and, And through that anointing, as he played, it set Saul free. When the people come to the house of God... And they begin to worship. It's amazing. It's amazing what happens. What happens through our music. Psalm chapter 144 verse 1 says. Blessed be the Lord my rock. Who trains my hands for war. My fingers for battle. Then listen what it says in verse 9. I will sing a new song to you. O God, on the harp of ten strings, and I will sing Zamar to you. Come on, everybody say Zamar. He says, I will sing Zamar to you. I will play. I will play my instruments to you, God. You've trained me for war. You've got me prepared. I'm going to sing a new song, but I'm going to bring my harp, and I'm going to play to you. I'm going to play for you. Psalm 143. 49 verse 3 it says let them halal what is that act foolish be crazy dance act a fool let them halal his name with the dance and let them play zamar to him with the timbrel and the harp listen to me it is biblical to play instruments it is biblical to jam come on man I need a little help here. It is biblical to get funky. Okay? Zamar, when we play, we're playing for the Lord. And as we play, it doesn't matter. It, it, you know, one of the things that drive me crazy is, is when, when it's just, we're just playing. Okay? We're not just playing. We're not just playing. I, I went to a, uh, a youth convention years ago. And this is when I was just learning how to play the guitar. It was terrible. And I remember going to this youth convention. There was a band playing. And I've told this story a lot. And there was a, a guitar player. And he was just shredding on that guitar. And I could not get my eyes off of him. Okay? Everybody's dancing and jumping and worshiping. And I'm just watching this guy play. And he would just shred on the guitar. And then he would lift his hands and worship. And he would shred. And immediately, I just have tears in my eyes. And I'm so moved. And I, all I'm doing is watching. I don't even know what songs they were singing. What they were saying. I don't even know that I was even singing. But this musician, there was something that was happening. And it was setting something free in my spirit. It was powerful. That is Zamar praise. We need Zamar in this church. Amen? Amen. Amen. We'll be giving music lessons uh, starting this. Just kidding. The next word that we're going to talk about, number five, is Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. Shabbat. That's a fun word to say. We've got some Shabbakers in this church. We need a lot more Shabbakers in this church. One Shabbat. One Shabbaker. One Shabbaker said amen. 
We have, but Pastor Kevin is a shabaker, okay? Jay Nelson is a shabaker. Smyrna, a lot of times, is a shabaker, okay? She's like, okay, I don't know where you're going. If you say so, Pastor Jared, because I... To shabak means to shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. To address with a loud tone, okay? Shabak, amen. Come on, everybody say amen. Shabbat, that's Shabbat, to shout out with a voice of triumph. Let me tell you something. It does not get on God's nerves when we shout in church because that is a form of praise that was created. He put it in the Bible, and he told us there are times you need to Shabbat. There are times you need to shout. Have you ever just had a moment that you just didn't, you could just feel something inside of you, and you just have to holler? You know what I'm saying? You just... Uh, last week or the week before last, I don't remember when it was, we had a worship service. It was powerful. And I'm playing on the drums, and I'm sweating, and I'm just jamming, and I could feel it all over me. I couldn't lift my hands because I'd mess up the whole Zamar. So I had to keep my hands going, and I could just feel the power of God, and I had to Shabbat. So I yelled, yeah! Jonathan's playing the bass. He looks at me. I was like, yeah! Yeah! Shabbat! I don't know what else to do. I can't kneel down. It'll mess up my kick drum. I can't lift my hands. It'll mess everything else up. So then I start going through the seven words of praise. What do I do? Shabbat! Shabbat! I had to shout. I had to shout with a voice of triumph. God's awesome. And he was doing something in my life. And at that point, the only thing I could do was Shabbat! Psalm 63 verse 3 says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall shabak you. Because your loving kindness is better than life, I will shabak, I will shout out your name. There are times that you can be still before the Lord, and that's appropriate. But there are times where it's okay and it's very needed to shabak. Okay? To Shabbat. The purpose of Shabbat is not to draw attention to yourself, but it's to magnify the name of the Lord. It's all about Him. And when we Shabbat in church, we're shouting out, He's worthy. The, the Bible says in Isaiah, there's this picture. And, and the Bible says, I saw the Lord. He was seated on the throne, high and lifted up. And the train of His robe filled the temple. And it says, I saw the angels round about Him. They were shabaking. They were crying out loud one to another. Okay? One to another. They weren't crying out to Jesus. They weren't crying out to this one in the middle. They were crying out, the Bible says, one to another. They were shabaking one to another. And they were saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This guy, he's holy. He's holy. He's holy. They were shabaking one to another. And did you know that when we when we shabak that the Bible the Bible says that he inhabits, he manifests himself in the middle of that. When we shabak. There's a difference in 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 victory and triumph. Triumph is uh, is awesome a lot of times synonymous with victory, but victory is one on the battlefield. And triumph is, is when we lead, when we lead that victory, it's the parade after the victory. Okay? That's what triumph is. And we shout unto God with a voice of triumph, of triumph. 
Colossians 2 verse 14 says, Having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that is against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle, everybody say spectacle, of them triumphing, triumphing over them. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. You see, through the blood of Jesus, he disarmed the enemy. He disarmed the devil. He put him up in high places, embarrassed him, made a parade about him, and made him a public spectacle. He triumphed over the enemy. And because of that, we have Shabbat. We have Shabbat because we're victorious. So when you come into church and, and you see Pastor Kevin up here and he goes, yeah, that's Shabbat. That's Shabbat. All he's doing is shouting with a loud voice the triumph that we have through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shabbat to God with the voice of triumph. That's what it says. That's an example of Shabbat in the Bible. We used to sing a song, and I almost had them sing it this morning. But we used to sing a song, and it would say, The enemy has been defeated. Okay? The enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our voice in victory. We're going to make our praises loud. Can you remember that song? And you'd say, The enemy. And you'd say, it always start off like in the low voice. The enemy has been defeated. And death couldn't hold you down. Remember that? We're going to lift our voice in victory. And then it started getting loud. And we go, the enemy has been defeated. Yeah. And then there's the, the Zamar, you know. And then it gets to that big, big point, And everybody would stop. Bam. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Remember? Shout unto God with the voice of praise. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We lift your name up. Right? We lift your name up. Shabbat. Shabbat. We have victory. I don't think you guys understand Shabbat. You know what the problem is? We walk into church and we ain't ourselves. Okay. Hold up. Last week, you don't want to hear this, I know. Last week, the Dallas Cowboys played the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben came back, and Big Ben had a mission. He was going to put the Dallas Cowboys in their place. We were on a winning streak. Everybody's annoyed, I know. And so they were going to shut us down. Big Ben came back. We scored, they scored. We scored, they scored. Back and forth. I went outside to take care of my dog, and I'm outside at my back fence, and I hear Shabbat in my living room. It's Pastor Kevin. <laughs> I hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I run in the house. He had paused my DVR and rewound it. Des Bryant. Des Bryant, 50-yard touchdown. Shabbat, baby, yeah. That's Shabbat. Does it at church, too. Burn. At the end of the game, Cowboys are losing. A field goal will win the game for us. We, had, we, we were right inside field goal range, just a few seconds left. So we're fixing to give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to run to the middle of the field, 
set up a nice, easy shot for our clutch kicker, Dan Bailey, and we're going to win the game. And we knew that was going to happen. And they were going to call a timeout, and we would win the game. We had our timeout. Kevin and I, we're up. We're shabakin. This is awesome. Shabak, 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 shabak. All of a sudden, they snap the ball, hand it to Ezekiel Elliott. He didn't run to the middle of the field and set up a beautiful field goal. He makes a touchdown. Shabak, shabak, shabak. 32 yards. Shabak. Oh, feed the beast. Feed the beast. That was Shabbat. We screamed. We, neither one of us had a voice. We're running up and down. Jenica comes downstairs. She's like, what happened? I thought somebody died. Shabbat! Shabbat! Shabbat, baby. And you laugh. You laugh. But I've seen some of you, whether it's your kids' football games whether it's basketball games, whether it's your team, whatever. I've seen some of you that come to church and you act like you're all dignified and you come to church and you're not going to do that. That's stupid. But you do it. You just don't do it here. When I was in West Texas, I had a friend of mine who was a youth pastor and he's crazier than I am, okay? Some people don't think I should be in ministry because I'm a little nuts. This guy is worse. He's crazy. And uh, we were, he's, he's crazy. And I'll just leave it at that. And uh, we go to this minister's meeting. And we're standing there. We're joking, having a good time. And they called his name out. And they said, would you open up this meeting in prayer? And he stood up. And he goes, oh, Hallelujah. Oh, Father, Holy Spirit, God, welcome into this place. And I looked at him. I was like, who is praying? That's not you. It didn't sound anything like he changed his voice. He didn't sound like that. And he was like, mm, hallelujah, holy. And so I just stood there like this. He finished praying. I was like, well, that was fancy. It wasn't even him. I didn't get it at all. We do that. We come to church and all of a sudden we become somebody we're not. We outside of the walls, we'll shout, yeah, this is fun. We come into church and we have to pretend that we're not excited. We have to pretend the church isn't awesome. God didn't die on the cross from us. We don't have a guarantee of it. The Bible says these things have I written that you may know that you have eternal life. He's given us a promise that all we have to do is accept him, and we're guaranteed eternal life. And we come into church, and we don't get excited. We'll go home and get excited. We'll go home and shout, not here. That's weird. That's weird. I'll stop. Some of you are getting uncomfortable. Here's some more examples of Shabbat. Isaiah 12 Verse number six, it says, cry out and shabak, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Psalm 35, 27, let them shabak for joy and be glad who favor in my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant." Psalm 32, 11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice your, right, your righteousness and Shabbat 
for joy. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. There is a time in this church, there is a time for God, period, wherever you are, that you need to learn to Shabbat. You know, that's okay every once in a while, just to Shabbat. Just to say, man, you're awesome, God. You're so awesome. The sixth word is Tehillah, okay? Tehillah, not tequila. <laughs> tehillah. Some of you are like, oh, I know that word. No, Tehillah. Tehillah. Tehillah means to sing a new song from the heart, okay? Tehillah, it's another form of worship. It's praise. Tehillah praise. David understood what it was to sing a new song to the Lord because he went through a lot of things. And as he went through things, God would put a new song in his heart. Psalms 40 verse 2 says, He also brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock. He established my steps. David's talking about the worst time of his life when God pulled him out and he established his steps. And he says, and he's put a new song in my mouth. Tehillah to our God. Okay? Praise to our God. A new song I sing to our God. The world doesn't understand what that means. The world doesn't understand what it means that he brought me out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon the rock to stay. And that he, he did something incredible in my, in my life. But I understand what that means. Okay, I understand what that means because there was a season in my life that I didn't know God. I knew who he was, but we didn't hang out. We didn't talk. I didn't know God. And, and I went through nasty, miry clay. Okay, everything in my life just seemed to just be falling apart over and over and over. And there came a point when God, in the middle of my yuck, in the middle of my nastiness, he pulled me out. And he still, there was this call of God that I had since I was a little kid. And the call of God was without repentance. It didn't matter what I did. That call was still there. And I remember saying, I remember telling my dad specifically, I know that I was called, but I know I blew it. Because when I, if I ever become a youth pastor and they find out what I've done in my past, It'll ruin me. He pulled me out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock. And the only thing, the only praise that fits is Tehillah praise. There was a new song. I became a new person. There was something that was just being stirred in my spirit. And everything inside of me changed. Another example of God birthing a new song in your life is when everything seems to be falling apart. And it's found in Isaiah 61. And the Bible addresses how to respond to the spirit of heaviness. Okay? Now, the spirit of heaviness, the Hebrew word for heaviness is kahia. Okay? And it means weak, dark, or despondent. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of Tehillah, for the spirit of Kehi, okay, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The only way to combat the spirit of heaviness is to choose to put on the garment of praise, and that's Tehillah praise. 
a new song in our heart, a new song in our spirit as we worship God. It's like when you're in, in a worship service and you're singing and all of a sudden for a moment your eyes leave the screen and you zone out and, and you're not even real sure what's going on around you and you just begin to say things to God. You just begin to say, God, you, you're just you're so perfect. Why me, God? Why did you pick? David wrote those songs. David wrote songs like this. He would say, God, where are you at? Why did you do this to me? Why did you let this happen to me? But God, you're faithful to me. You continue to lift me up. You continue to save me. You continue to restore me. Those were Tehillah. That's Tehillah praise. New songs. He just began to sing. And that's what happens in our worship time. Some more examples of this in the Bible. Psalm 23, verse 3. But you are holy, enthroned in the Tehillah of Israel. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22. Now when they begin to sing and to Tehillah praise, sing a new song of praise, the Lord set up ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab, Mount Seir, who came against Judah, and they were defeated. This new song, this Tehillah praise, defeated the enemy. The new song is they worship. Psalms 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his Tehillah shall continually be in my mouth. A new song will continually be in my mouth. This is not about you becoming a songwriter in church. This is about you only being able to open your mouth and say what comes out of how awesome he is. God, you're so awesome. You're so beautiful. I remember... Uh, when I first got saved, I would always say, I can't believe you picked me. I can't believe you picked me. When I was a youth pastor, I would sit on the front row in our church, and, and I would have all my youth sitting with me. And I remember all the time just going, God, I can't believe you picked me. I can think of a lot of people that I grew up with that are way better than I am, and you picked me. And during worship services, while the Zamar is happening, I would lift my hands and I'd just go, you picked me. You chose me, God. In the midst of my sin, while I was still a sinner, you picked me. Why did you pick me, God? Thank you, God, for picking me. I want to honor you, God. Every day of my life, I want to honor you. I want to do the best I can to honor you. And then you, you wake up, and the service is, is changing, and the message is coming up. That's Tehillah praise. It's a new song just coming out of your heart. The seventh word I'm going to get to today. The seventh, the last of the seven Hebrew words for praise is toda. Everybody say toda. Toda. It comes from the same root, root word as yada. And this is the, the second word that we talked about. Remember yada was the extending the hands. Okay. Toda comes from the same root word uh, talking about extending hands. But it also conveys the confession of our lips and the thanksgiving to God with the extension of the hands with the palms up. Okay? Total praise. So this word specifically, if you have, people wonder why you lift your hands in church, there are a lot of verses in the Bible that tell you to praise. Put your palms up. It's Thanksgiving. You know what? It's Thanksgiving for something that you haven't even seen happen yet. So praising with your hands up. God is looking for a thankful heart. He's looking for total praise. We have to learn to enter his gates with thanksgiving. And there's no other way to enter. And, and just be thankful with our palms up. 
In Psalms 100, verse 1, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Enter his gates with toda. Okay? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is what? He's good and his mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. When you study the, the use of that word toda, it, it becomes clear that it involves thanking God for things that you haven't received yet. It's, it's faith praise. Okay? Toda is faith praise. And when you see, when you see believers struggling, usually toda is the first thing to go. Okay? Because it's hard to faith praise in the middle of struggle. But that's what toda is. Toda is thanking God for things that you haven't even seen yet. It's saying, God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that, 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 that right now we're going through a financial uh, a tough time, but I know you're in control, and I thank you that you got my family in the palm of your hands. That's total praise, okay? Thanking God. It's faith praise. I believe that you're working on me, and you're working through me, even though I can't see it happening. Abraham understood total praise. For 25 years, he waited for a son. So after 10 years, he decided he's going to help God out a little bit. And uh, the, the product of his flesh was Ishmael. From which the Arab nations rose and still a thorn in Israel's side today. But Abraham learned this great lesson. lesson. If God promised you something, God is faithful. Amen. Do you believe that? God is faithful. God never, ever breaks his word. He can't be unfaithful. We can be unfaithful. God can't be unfaithful. Total praise is saying, God, I trust you. I don't see it, but I trust you. I don't understand it, but I trust you, God. Romans 4, verse 18 says, Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became a father of many nations. This is talking about Abraham. According to what was spoken... So shall you, your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Since Abraham was about 100 years old, right? And the deadness of Sarah's womb, she was about 90 years old. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham learned to give glory to God even though it didn't look like it was going to happen the way he thought it was going to happen. Okay, Abraham was told, hey, you're going to have kids and your descendants are going to be as numerous as sand and seashores and the stars in the sky. And Abraham's like, I'm 100 years old. you got to be kidding me. And then it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And, and, and he has this kid. He has this kid when it seems like, all hope has been gone. And that kid was birthed out of total praise. I, I believe, God, that you're still going to do what you said you're going to do. Even though it doesn't make any sense to me. Even though I know, I don't know how you're going to do what you said you're going to do. Some examples of total praise. Psalm 50, verse 23. Whoever offers total glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct right. I will show the salvation of God. Jeremiah 33, 11 says the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, 
Yada, the Lord of hosts. What is yada? Yada, okay, lifting up, extending the hands. Yada, praise to the Lord of hosts. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And of those who bring forth the sacrifice of Toda, okay, thanksgiving, being thankful into the house of the Lord, for I will cause the captives of the land to return as first, says the Lord. I'm going to ask the band if they would come back this morning. Psalm 42, verse 1, it says this. As the deer pants for the water, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been food all day and night. While they continually say, where is your God? I remember these things. I pour out of my soul within me. For I used to, to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and total praise. With the multitude that kept a pilgrimage feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet yada him for the help of his countenance. See, when everything in your life seems to be going wrong, and I said this last week after Pastor Kevin preached, praise is the cure for everything. Music sets people free. Being thankful, having that thankful faith, praise. Praise just cures a lot of things. There's been so many times when everything in my life is just going bad, you know? You just, it's rough. You haven't quit on God. You're not mad at God, but it's just, everything's just rough. You could turn on the radio, listen to worship for a little bit, and it changes everything. What changes the most is really your perception of the way things are. It's not that you turn on the radio and worship music comes on and all of a sudden there's money in your bank and, and your kids are, are healthy. And, and it's not like that, but it's all of a sudden you see your perception changes and you come over here and you see it through God's eyes that God's in complete and total control. That he understands. Amen. Come on, would you stand with me? The Bible says, I'm going to give you the seven. Halal. Overwhelming excitement. That's that clamorously foolish praise. Halal worship. And that takes some of us way out of our comfort zone. Then there's yada. Worshiping God with extended hands. Barak. To kneel in adoration. To bow down. Zamar. That's with the instruments. Zamar praise. That's, that's jam. That's guitar solos and drum solos. Shabbat, that's shouting to God with a voice of triumph. Tehillah, that's to sing a new song from the heart. And Toda praise. Thanksgiving. God, I am so thankful for everything you've done in my life. And I am thankful that you're going to see me through because you're faithful to finish what you started. Amen? Amen. Come on, lift your hands if you're comfortable. And I want you to say, God, I praise you. I thank you. And I honor you, God. 
Lord, teach me to praise you. Teach me to honor you the way you need to be honored. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship for a moment. Thank you for listening to the Exchange Church Podcast. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the Exchange Church Houston. If you would like to give to the Exchange Church, you can go to our website at IamTheExchange.com and look for the red button in the top right corner labeled Give Online.